Hello. Welcome to episode 38 of Callcast. First off, Dana White, you little bitch. Just gonna say it how he sees it, because I saw you hit your wife at a club. I saw it, you little bald freak. Yeah, so if you don't know, the UFC, MMA, whatever he, whatever he has, uh, owner uh, slapped his wife at a, at a club recently. And uh, apparently she slapped him first, but you're the man, he's the man. Yeah, sure, there's all this equal fights, equal rights, or whatever it's called, but uh, no. The man just doesn't hit the woman. And for him to do that in public, it only indicates as to what happens in the home. He's not just going to be, they're not going to randomly be slapping each other out in public and then just be totally nice to each other and call him at home. No, sorry. I'm glad somebody caught it on video. And I, I hope that he has true repercussions for what he just did. But he probably won't, because Will Smith smacked Chris Rock, and now Dana White slapped his wife, and the outrage is... is, uh, something. It's totally lopsided. Speaking of hitting and boxing, though, <laughs> I had this idea hit me in the noggin last week, and I wrote it in a day. Twelve pages, including revising, because I'll go and I'll, I'll write, like, three pages, and then be like... That wasn't the direction that I wanted to go, and it wasn't what I had in my mind, so I don't know why I went that way. Delete, delete, delete all three pages, and then start anew. Not anew, because that three pages will be like in the middle of the script. I'm going to pitch it to you guys and see what you guys think. The movie is called Fat Rocky. <laughs> I, I want it to be a short film. I'm reaching out to my managers and this particular person, public figure, that I'm excited to tell you about. I just emailed him tonight. His name is Devin Larrett. He is the former heavyweight champion of the world as far as arm wrestling goes. And I think this last year in June or July, he had it taken from him by a new up-and-comer. Obviously, that's how it goes. Devin is mid-40s, so it's about time, you know. Who knows if he will regain that back? He might. That'd be crazy because there, there are men older than him still going, too, in the arm wrestling championship organization. Devin Larratt is known for his arm wrestling, but he has boxed. I think he's done two boxing matches. One of them was with Thor Bjornsson, uh, half Thor Bjornsson, who, uh, strongman, world champion strongman. And they boxed, uh, because Eddie Hall was supposed to box Thor, tore his bicep, and then Devin Larratt stepped in. Devin is six foot five and a beast. He just has muscles galore, and he is so lethal in, in an arm wrestling match. I wanted to capitalize on his boxing that he's done. So I wrote a movie where my character challenges him through social media. Like I make a TikTok, like, you know, Jake Paul does. I'm kind of making fun of Jake Paul. How I challenge Devin is I go on social media and I say, I'm challenging you to a boxing match. And I promise you this, I'm going to lose, but I'm going to hurt you. My, my character has his reasons for doing this. Devin sees my video, takes one look at me, and goes, well, obviously I'm going to crush him. But when I say I'm going to lose, but I'm going to hurt you, that's very unusual to hear from somebody challenging you to boxing. So it makes Devin a little scared. He agrees to it. There's training montage. And then there's the fight. And... I think that's probably where I'm going to stop. I just want to pique your interest a little bit. I messaged Devin Larratt and his wife, Jody Larratt. They would both be in the film if, if they agreed to it. Devin 
has a really big following on Instagram and his wife does not, so I thought maybe there, you know, there's a better chance that she would read it. And she did. She read my message, my little elevator pitch that I did. Elevator pitch is like, we were taught in film school, if I were just to get into an elevator randomly with Steven Spielberg, what's a 30-second movie pitch that I could pitch him before he gets to his floor on the elevator? That's an elevator pitch. So I just did a little elevator pitch to her, and she said, I've told Devin about this idea, and he loves it. Why don't you email him? Here's his email. So I decked out this whole email to Devin Larratt saying, Dude, this is why I want you in this script. I've discovered you last year. I've watched almost every match of yours, and you have become one of my favorite public figures for so many reasons. He is so... He comes off as very intimidating, but if you watch him, like, on the Lex Friedman podcast... He's very articulate and soft-spoken. He knows when to talk crap to his opponent, but he also knows when to be sportsmanlike. And that's, that is a, I love watching him uh, uh, toe that line. Like I said, my managers are inquiring to the boxing organization, to YouTube, to see if they would fund this, and I am so excited. I would only want to do it as a short film, and I would want everybody to get paid handsomely for this project. I wouldn't want to do it and ask Devin to be in this without being able to pay him. I would even I would even not take a paycheck just to have it go to him just to get him to do this with me. <laughs> so this is a big thing. It's supposed to be a parody, kind of like the Fat Man review that I made that I did a couple weeks ago. That movie is such a beautiful parody in how it's a very serious, dark, kind of twisted tone, but it's a parody. It's a spoof. This would be similar, not nearly as similar or as dark or as heavy or anything like that, but it it's a boxing movie, kind of making fun of, you know, <laughs> Jake Paul, Sylvester Stallone, Rocky stuff, but uh, I wrote Devin Lyric as Dolph Lundgren. I kind of, I very much took inspiration from Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren to Rocky IV. So, you know, chances are I could wake up to an email tomorrow from Devin Lyric saying, let's do it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm fucked. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's my exciting news for Project there. Um, Logan Paul sucks with his projects. <laughs> if you don't know who Logan Paul is, I don't want to explain. He's a public figure, 22.6 million followers on, on YouTube, subs on YouTube. Much less now because of his recent controversies. So, for example, a couple years ago, he bought Pokemon, a Pokemon set, for $3 million, or over $3 million, and they were all fake. <laughs> they were all fake. He paid $3.5 million, whatever it was, and it wasn't real. People gave him so much crap for that. But the person who gave him the fake Pokemon cards, Logan hired to help him with his new CryptoZoo project. Not only that, he hired two other criminals that he didn't know that they were criminals because he didn't vet them. I think he knew. I think Logan Paul got scammed, maybe even a couple times, and he wanted to learn how to do that too. I think he wanted to learn how to do a rug pull. That's what it's called. It's a, it's a rug pull where you build this project, you have people invest, and then you abandon the project. That's exactly what Logan Paul did. And it's been almost a year now, and he hasn't even addressed it. People are going, dude, what's up with CryptoZoo? Like, I'm out $15,000. Which, yeah, that's on them too, for trusting Logan Paul. In, in buying into this weird game. You know, like crypto, it's... You, you buy an egg, you can hatch the egg, you can hatch it with another egg and make a hybrid animal. That's the game. Until...
until another YouTuber named CoffeeZilla on Christmas Eve of all places, times, things? Or the day before. It was right before Christmas. I don't know why he did that. Maybe to ruin Logan Paul's time holiday. He made a three-part docu-series on Logan Paul and this scam. It went mad viral. And it makes Logan Paul look terrible. Within a couple of days. Th this documentary took almost a year to make. Within a couple of days. Ah! Logan Paul posted a seven-minute response to CoffeeZilla that all of his argu arguments were completely ad hominem. An example being, dude, you messed up here, here, and here. And then the other person goes, yeah, well, you're stupid for calling me out. And, and you just want clout and attention and clicks and views and money. That's the only reason you're making this. He's attacking him personally and, and not even addressing anything that CoffeeZilla said about his mistakes. He's just going, you're stupid for calling me out, man. It's such a joke. That's not what we're talking about, Logan Paul. You can't just personally attack him because he's calling you out. Logan Paul threatened to sue, and he has since uh, removed his response to CoffeeZilla, which is very telling that he reacted very emotionally and hadn't even, hadn't even uh, consulted any lawyers about how legal it was that he was threatening this guy. When CoffeeZilla, he threatened him for breaking the law and recording phone calls and using it in his documentary, and then Logan Paul proceeded to use those same phone recordings in his own response video. Logan, you're just, you're showing your true colors and how incredibly immature you are. Another thing that he did and got a lot of heat for recently is making fun of Christianity. Particularly in relation to his friend who's on the podcast and is a believer. And Logan Paul got so much flack for his, his dissing Christianity. And he's had to come out and apologize for it, which is good. Logan Paul is a rotten scumbag. But enough about him. I wanted to talk about insecurity because I think that insecurity is the ruiner of a lot of relationships. Here's, here's an example. Let's just say that two people are near me, and I know them, and they're talking. This hasn't happened, it's just an example. They're talking, and they express something amongst themselves that they don't like about the actions of, like, in general. They just don't like something in general. I overhear that, and I make it about me. Oh, they don't like... Maybe I've done that. Have I done that? I, I think I do that. I may, you know... And then that thinking can turn into like anger and resentment towards those people when they weren't even like talking about me. It is the epitome of what causes miscommunications in relationships, platonic, familial, or romantic. Another example of how irrational insecurity is and how attached to jealousy it is. If I say I lost this much weight or this brand deal just paid me out this much, it's hard to get true validation because everyone's response seems really insincere. Almost like they want the same weight loss, but they do very little about it. So when somebody else drops weight, they internalize it and make it about them. Well, I want that. I want that weight loss. Yeah, but you're not doing anything. I want that. Why can't I have that? Even if the person worked for what they got. That's like an NBA team winning a championship, and then I go, man, I, I want that championship. I, man, man. It's like, am I an NBA player? No. And since I'm not, where's the rational rationalization in that insecurity? It, it makes me want to stop telling people any success of mine and just grow in silence. Just keep it private. 
You know, that mentality is really toxic. People can be really toxic because of insecurity. And the word insecure, to call somebody insecure, they would take so much offense to it because of how insecure they know that they are. Because a thick-skinned person would hear the words, you're insecure, and then be like, okay, that's, that must be what you think. A thick-skinned person could get slapped in the face and they wouldn't need to respond in the same way. Turning the other cheek, I mean, how, but how many people would realistically get smacked in the face and just stand there and be like, can we talk about what you just did to me? No, they'd be, bah, bah, I mean, it would go into a fight. Dana White? I hate it and I hate insecurity so much that um, I really want to spend my life here uh, learning how to master insecurity and even help other people kind of kind of go along on the same journey because um, being secure in yourself, your capabilities, what you can't do, that is so, so important. And to be rational with your insecurity. For my next topic, I wanted to express something that I think is probably going to be controversial, but I don't really care. People are going to either hate watch this or turn it off or, or agree with me. I'm not sure. I want to talk about January 6th, 2021. My opinion is that since people hate Trump so much, they will leap at the opportunity to throw him under the bus, impeach him, convict him, charge him, because they hate him. That's it. January 6th is a prime example of that, based on a few words in his speech. An example would be, if I say to my friend, dude, stand up for yourself, you know, be strong. And then he goes immediately, drives to his childhood bully's house, and beats the crap out of his of, of the person who used to bully him. I'd be like, what are you doing? Don't do that. That's not what I meant. The amount of people that misconstrued Trump's words and went and actually attacked the Capitol. Dude, it's a big number. And everybody wants to at attach Trump's words to the intent of the January 6th attackers. As far as I'm concerned, those people acted on their own accord. Trump was even tweeting as it was happening. No, stay peaceful. Essentially saying, that's not what I meant at all. Why are you attacking the, instead of fighting peacefully? To see the news, the documentaries, the media, and the majority of the nation spin Trump's words and make him responsible for the attack is blatantly revealing to how they already felt about him. If this was Biden, if he had said those words, then the people attack... Biden would not be held responsible. The media would spin a whole new story about the event. They, they wouldn't blame Biden. They'd blame his fan base. They'd call them unpatriotic, throw a few of them in jail, and leave it at that. It is just so blatantly obvious to me that they are acting out of their already established hate for Trump. And that, oh man, okay, we, we have a little thing to connect here. Let's, let's blow it out. Let's impeach him. Let's convict him. Let's charge him. It is so ridiculous to me to see people putting the same emphasis on January 6th as they do 9-11. Never forget January 6th. It's like, man, it boils my blood to see them acting as if, as if it's the same event with Trump as the leader behind it. No. And the left will silence any voice who has this opinion. Any voice who has this opinion. And if they can't silence them, they're going to ridicule them. They're going to throw them under the bus. I have a really hard time even uh, liking this nation sometimes because of how progressive it's getting. You don't see other countries this nearly this progressive. 
And then those other countries, when they're actually a little bit more biblical than we're being, those countries get just slammed and ridiculed like Qatar for the world, for the, you know, the soccer playing thing. The amount of, of backlash that Qatar had because of their rules and laws against homosexuality, which would probably be biblical unless they kill the homosexuals, in which case that's not biblical at all. But actually, Logan Paul, in his words about Christianity, makes sense to me because we're actually told in the Bible as Christians that Christians are going to be ridiculed and punished more and more as we grow closer to the end times. So for people, especially our nation, to be one of the main antagonists of Christianity is really heartbreaking, but it also makes sense. And it's indicating to me that we are growing closer to the end times. And I'm going to leave you with that note. Thank you for watching my podcast. Hopefully, things happen. And other things don't happen. I mean, I will definitely be keeping you guys updated on Fat Rocky. <laughs> I think that would be such a good movie if we can get it made. This would be, you know, with some sort of a budget. Yeah, anyways, thank you guys. Peace. Love you.